I have great issue. And the one thing about the the thing that, you know, I know that is probably going to get the most heat, which it should, it deserves it, with Jericho versus Hoovy. The thing that I think is so important and interesting is that people have to, I, from the outset, thought that match is a good idea for the reasons that I've listed on last week's episode. I stand by that. I stand by that reasoning because, like, yeah, the guy doesn't know. It's very important that you don't have your dudes eat, lose losses. They don't need to eat, right? The only problem with that is I forgot who the fuck I was talking about who's going to be wrestling. That's the issue there. So I don't so again, I'm watching it back and I'm just like, man, why is this this 40 mid 40s man who's who's gained a lot of muscle mass and this 50 something year old man who's gained mass <laughs> trying to fl- like trying to fly around like it's 1998 again, which to be fair. I did not need to see. No one needed to see that. That's that's the issue. We want to see you wrestling as older men. I, we don't want to see you wrestling as older men doing young guy stuff. That's not what we want to see. And they made the miscalculation of thinking we can still do that. Now, I think Hoovy can still do that with an athletic fit person. That's not who he was in the ring with. He was in the ring with Chris Jericho um, and with Jericho. Now, more than ever, because this these are the choices that he appears to have made, um, he he does not want to be in condition in the way that he needs to be. Uh, so that makes it very, very difficult. Uh, that was not a good match. Uh, the, I thought the finish was it's cool, aesthetically needless. Uh, but by that point, I had already disliked so much of it that I was like, oh, this is OK. That's what we're doing. All right. That's. That's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you once again in our recorded glory to Give Me the Book, your favorite weekly wrestling podcast. My name is Mike Alloy. And I have the El Guapo of professional wrestling commentary and stand-up comedy, Satoyo, here once again with you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, we have to start off with WWE releases one of these days. Hopefully we can lead them with a product or, you know, talk about the shows or maybe, you know, one of the matches or the pay-per-views. But that is not the case this week. Um, on Friday, we had another uh, slew of releases. Uh, 13 NXT talents were let go by WWE. On top of it was um, uh, Bronson Reed, uh, very cool, you know, very recently your North American NXT champion, uh, recently headlined the show, actually, I believe, in the past two, three weeks, headlined against um, Adam Cole. Uh, in a, what I thought was a really good match, and that was his last time on television. He was actually uh, doing some dark matches. It was, uh, it was set and ready to debut on the main roster, or at least it seemed like it. Uh, other people on top of the list, 
are Mercedes Martinez, who, of course, a longtime veteran in the women's division. Uh, Jay Catalyst, one of the up-and-comers who I personally was a big fan of. I thought his uh, version of um, uh, of DDT, which he did off the car wheel of the top rope, I thought that was really cool move out. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big sucker for, you know, moves I haven't seen before. Um which you know he had some he had a really good match against Champ and against Kushida. Uh Leon Roth, a very memorable North American champion from last year, as well as some other maybe uh, oh Bobby Fish, member uh, often injured, member of undisputed era, as well as some other talent, uh, maybe a little bit less known. Um no, so you, what are what are your opinions on on the releases? It's a lot. Uh, for starters, some of the releases uh, sort of make sense in a way like, I mean, I, I love Bobby Fish. Um, however, Bobby is older. And as you get older, oftentimes you just get injured and he was dealing with a lot of injuries. I don't think that you need to release a talent like that. You know, I think that's still a mind that you can use going forward, because while Bobby is older, he was still a part of this generation that was sort of doing, you know, especially in ROH a lot of the pro wrestling styles that are mostly done on NXT. Um, so I think it's a lot. I think that from what I have heard, you know, obviously I think Vince and, and Bruce and, and John have feelings about how NXT fared uh, on Wednesday nights versus Dynamite, which is not really fair to NXT. I think it's more of an indictment of the overall product. Um, again, I have felt for a while that there's just a disconnect when I watch NXT because quite frankly, the matches are the same. The pacing is roughly the same. Um, there were very few uh, uh, deviations from that Finn Balor's run this past time being uh, uh, the, the, the notable exception, but too many of the matches were very, very similar. Um, so I think they want to restructure. I think they are going for younger. I think they want to go for bigger. And I think that, they want to bring it down. I, I think that, and I obviously carry and cross this treatment on the main roster is a prime example. They want it to be known that this is definitely a tier below, uh, you know, raw and SmackDown. Uh, I think they feel like, all right, well, we've got the TV deal on Wednesday night. That's not going anywhere, but you guys went up against dynamite and you didn't win the ratings war. And it's like, that's not even, that's, that's not NXT's fault. Really. That's not the talent. That is more the micromanaging system that is WWE, unfortunately. Um, so these guys were let go, but they a lot of them have tremendous, tremendous upside. And thankfully, there are enough places to go um, to sort of work. But, you know, I think it's I think more than anything else, it's just sort of a failing of the company. And they can sit there and say budget cuts, but that's an excuse they've used before. Um and it, 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 in this particular instance, it kind of rings hollow. But, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. I am obviously incredibly saddened by this. And to me, um, as, as you know, I thought that NXT, and I still do think, has been the best show on television for the past month. So the fact that that's the, the show that they're kind of putting their energy into changing and uh, editing, um, very yeah, upsetting. Not, yeah, like it's, it's like it's like you, you, you got them as if Raw doesn't have a – tremendous issues unless you're working unless you're working at the very top you know what i'm saying but even then at the top you have a you have a you have an unsafe 50 something year old man once again challenging for the wwe championship all these structural issues yes and again i don't obviously i'm not privy to the conversations as far as i remember that um AEW when they first started they said that they wanted like uh tnt would consider the success that they had half a million viewers 
Mm-hmm. Uh, NXT just posted half a million viewers with much less of a budget on another channel on Sci-Fi, you know, which is not their usual channel that gets less uh, distribution. So I don't, again, and obviously, yeah, I'm not privy to the conversations. I don't know if maybe it was about the demo or, or something like that. But as far as I can tell, the, the ratings weren't, like, terrible. They weren't, like, tanking. They were still, you know, again, like I said, half a million on their budget was pretty good, especially when, you know, their top stars were routinely kind of, you know, taken out and moved. You know, it's hard to win the ratings war when they put their all their energy in, in establishing Keith Lee, who then very quickly got moved, you know, lost the titles and then and moved on to the uh, the main roster. Same with Matt Riddle. You know, look how Matt Riddle, how good he's doing on Raw now. He's one of the few established stars. Same with, the, you know, Damian Priest, the guy who he kind of really moved mm-hmm. up. So you've taken a lot of their best, you know, marquee talents, the guys who they actually put in a lot of work during that Wednesday Night War and establishing and then move the norm to Ross. So I don't see so if that's the reason why, you know, for all these changes, but again, that just doesn't seem fair to me. Um, I will still keep watching and uh, and hopefully enjoy the show, but I do think you are 100% right. And one, all one has to do is look at their breakout tournament uh, happening now, which very good talent uh, to see where they're going for that. I think guys like Odyssey Jones and uh, mm-hmm. Duke Hudson are yeah. the future, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something different. Yes. Yeah, very, very much so. It's just it's just one of those things where I think the company overall as a whole just has to get their ducks in the row. And they don't I don't think I don't think they know how from what it looks like when it's just like they're they're addressing everything but the things that they need to address. And they're trying to not account for a lot of the systemic issues that they have created over the past 15 to 20 years for themselves. So this is very, very interesting. And I can only uh imagine what we're going to see next. Also, you know, you brought this up in conversation with, you know, when you, we were just talking, uh, you know, personally, it, you know, why cut all that talent door during your supposed flagship show SmackDown? It's like, it changes the total trajectory of the show. All the attention goes off of that show and goes directly onto these releases. So no one's talking about Roman nearly as much. No one's talking about Cena nearly as much. No one's talking about Balor nearly as much. Edge, Seth, all that all that now you created. And again, that's that just that just has to be feebleness. This is why I'm saying the the the, the left side of the brain is not talking to the right side of the brain because literally right then and there you change the entire discussion. You change and it's a net and you change it in a negative way. That's bad PR. <laughs> you know, so like that's just that's just PR that that that's like you didn't need that. You didn't you need you need wins. You need solid wins. And that's literally, you know, your Friday night show is a pretty consistently solid show. And that is literally going for a layup and just deciding not finish it and just being like, oh, I had something else on my mind. It's That's a right. very they, weird they, thing. They Ben Simmons the fuck out of their their flagship show. They uh, they really know, did. I don't know how you mess it up. No, it's 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 just dumb. And again, for a company that supposedly has such a good understanding of the of the social media uh, interactions and how important that is to them and generating, you know, now I mean, listen, their their YouTube income is one of their major incomes right at this point in their life. So to change the conversation on on Twitter, you know, while their show is on, it's definitely just it's just not smart. On top of, just don't fire people on the Friday night. That's just a shitty yeah. thing. To do. It's a you shit thing I mean? to do. Yeah. At that point, yeah, so, no, yeah, no literally, you could have. Yeah, and, and I'm a big yeah. It, it's it's uh, 
again, I think we have to understand. And this is why sometimes I see some of these ridiculous takes that people put on on that that are supportive of WW. Like there are somehow these master thinkers. And no, this is literally a mom and pop shop. You can have a mom and pop shop that is worth a billion dollars that's run by a handful of people who are consistently aging out of what is good PR practices. It can't happen. Look, we're in America. Happens all the time. So it's one of these things where I see people make these takes and I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you not like they fumble like they literally had the dunk for Friday to get themselves a win, passed it to Tobias Harris. And all of a sudden, you know, they fight like them releasing all those talents. It's like, okay, that's just Trey Young running it back the other end of the floor and, and, and shooting a three from the, from the, from the, from the fucking like Phillies uh, uh, logo and winning it. And then we're just gutted. That's just what that was. It's like, okay, way to kill it. Way to just, yeah, great. Because, yeah. because realistically, once that happened, I wasn't thinking about no, no damn SmackDown. <laughs> I was like, bro, what the fuck, what you mean? Huh? And I get maybe thinning the herd a little bit or some something like that, but you know, whatever. It wasn't smart. No, it was again. It's the lack of uh, planning, right? Like again, yeah. there's a way to do this. Where again, I mean, we've said this a lot this year, unfortunately. But like, wrestlers get released, people get it, it happens all the time. That's the industry, you know. It's it's a you know it's a matter of fact thing. Um, the, the unfortunate part is is the way you do it, right? And not just on a personal level, but, you know, you got to give people warning, but, hey, you know, you might get ready for this. Maybe don't give get rid of the 30, 90-day non-compete, et cetera. But on top of it, from a creative uh, place, right, don't fire somebody, you know, when I think one of them had a match coming up on 205 Live. One person just gave an interview and talked about, you know, how well they were, and they, they made them available for an interview, obviously. That all the interviews have to be WWE improved. Like, like I said, Bronson Reed was just in the main event of NXT like two weeks ago. So it, it's just, as you said, the, 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 right, the right side of the brain does not talk to the left side of the brain. And it's, um, it, it's, it's just very strange. You know, again, if you are going to let go of these people, there's a way to do it professionally, both from just a business with standpoint and creative standpoint that WWE chooses not to and choose to just disregard. It's like, fuck it, we're doing it now. When you don't have to do it that way. When you, when you don't have to do it that way. And, and the moments where I'm critical of this is because I've seen them in decades past do it properly. There's a way to do it. And again, this is why I say, no, this is just looks like WCW towards the end to me. That's that like, especially from creative, especially from their creative and a management uh, uh, perspective. This just a lot of this reeks of WCW like thought process, which is to say next to no thought process. It, again, you, you're blowing up here raw right now. Right, mm-hmm. you, you, you just easily go. You and Bronson Reed lost the title to him. Yep. Hey, I want my title back. You want yep. your title back? Put your career on the line. On the line. If it's you, an e. Look at that. Look, and, and then a, you and, just and, and you have a takeover match that we all want to see. Exactly. Rasha wins, elevates the title because somebody yep. is willing to put the, their career online for a title. Isaiah yep. Rashad, who is just a, a new champion, hasn't really. Mm-hmm. Done, I mean, he, him and, and Santos Escobar have been have had been having a good back and forth, but hasn't yep. really had too many good victories to kind of you know stamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can say he retired somebody, you know, right. three times. They, they, they hit the hit row, put out a hit on somebody and it's done. And, and it's gone. And it's Absolutely. done. And it's like, that's the perfect way to actually like, Hey, yay, man, we, we got 30 days. We're going to, we're going to wrap this thing up. And here's how we're going to wrap this thing up. And that's just what we got to do. But we can go out on a high note. I mean, again, it's the same company that just like, 
had had Malachi Black screw Big E and then it's like you fire him without even giving Big E the chance to just get the just kill the man <laughs> just kill him in the ring on a, on a smackdown beat him 30 seconds <laughs> like you know and actually then what you do is you establish Big E in theory you hurt the status of black a little bit not really but you know like that's the thing it's like okay Big E got it's like no you again that's WCW level stuff Chris Benoit uh, defeats Sid to become WCW champion and the next night they're like Hey, uh, you're leaving. So since you're leaving, just give us the title. And he's like, well, you, I can lose it back on TV. He's like, no, no, no. There's no need for that. Just give us the belt. <laughs> oh, it's so nonsensical. <laughs> it is. It really, it, again, it's just dumb. It's just opportunities wasted. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we have enough, uh, you know, I think we've said all we can say. I mean, I, you know, the one thing um, is, you know, it's clearly just a, a strategy shift, right? We all know NXT, I think at some point became like, hey, maybe we get all the talent, then we can just kill the indies that way. Mm-hmm. And now that they see the indies seem no longer, not, not only not there, but actually thriving. And actually now there's competition rise. They're clearly going back to yeah. what the NXT was established for. Uh, Strategy-wise, uh, I'm not against it, but again, this could have been done a lot, a lot better. Um, with that in mind, I think, uh, should we start off with the NXT show that we did get this week? Yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, I thought I, again. I've been saying it. I think it's been one of the better shows um, of uh, on TV. I think they had two storylines that kind of progressed. Uh, you know, your mileage may vary on the the romance storylines and all of wrestling. I thought that Indy Harwell and uh, the way I think the way has been super entertaining. Period. Uh, recently, I think Dexter Loomis has become much much more interesting. He's not a character I liked at all to begin with, and now that he is. With this romantic storyline, he's been, you know, uh, just a lot easier to cheer uh, for, especially when he's going up against the way. And yeah, and I thought this was a really just a well done storyline. It's um, where, you know, it, it was a nice reminder. It was like, oh, yeah, she loses, but like they can't control her because she's an adult and they're still end up yeah. together. It was like, oh, yeah, this is this was just like a, I, I thought it was a very well done. And of course, Johnny Gargano is, for my money, one of the best wrestlers in the world. So anytime you have in the, in the main event, you have a, a above average match. Yeah, I, I I appreciated that. I thought that, um, you know, I think Johnny Gargano probably arguably is like their best character on the brand right now uh, on NXT. Um, he's certainly one of their more accomplished wrestlers, and he's showing that he can sort of do whatever is needed of him. And, uh, you know, he's done a Of course, everyone in the way has really played their part tremendously. I am a Dexter Loomis fan, and I think this has helped him out. Uh, tremendously. Uh, Dexter is a very interesting character, um, very athletic, uh, very, very talented, very interesting look. So that's that's cool to see. Um, and, you know, again, it, it was it's I'll give them this and that it's solid booking and that it's episodic in nature. So there has to be a progression of this thing. So they did. They executed that very well. Yep, and uh, another good piece of business on NXT I thought was uh, the LA uh, LA Knight Cameron Grimes match. Yes, for Young Veterans. First of all, Grizzly Young Veterans are my, one of my favorite teams in the world right now. They got a win, which I'm very happy about. Mm-hmm. But man, that's again just everybody plays their part. Yes. You get reminded LA Knight has been embarrassed past couple of weeks. Maybe his yep. image is taking a hit. Cool, you get reminded he's a he's a bastard. Yep, and he's just gonna walk away and let you get your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a check mark. Uh, Cameron Grimes is getting cheered naturally. He's becoming one yep. of the biggest baby faces um, in the promotion, and and doing so, like I said, without winning a single feud since he's been there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 
It's it's been yeah. I mean, again, uh, grizzled young veterans are very very good. I I am a big LA Knight fan. Uh, I have been won over by th- this incarnation of Trevor Lee Cameron Grimes over time, and yeah, everyone does their part. Grizzled young veterans have their own trajectory that they are on. LA Knight is just good. He's just very he's very good and effective. At I mean, to me, he's more like traditional uh, or old school, as people would say, pro wrestling. Um, in that, you know, he doesn't have to do a whole lot in the ring, but what he does, he does effectively, does well. It looks good. Um, he can talk really, really well, and he understands wh- who he is. He understands who he is and what he's supposed to be, which is he's an asshole. And he he plays that role so perfectly, and he doesn't have to do – he doesn't have to engage in over-the-top theatrics. They just make it work. So, And he's got a perfect foil and and Cameron Grimes, who who I just think can do kind of anything asked of him in that company, which is a great thing, but also long term could be a very very negative thing because that's the type of dude that just winds up becoming your perennial twenty four seven champ after a while or some shit on the main roster. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm a little bit worried about him being because yeah, I'm I have become especially like, we, we cut we cut and we cutting all these we cutting all these little dudes we cutting all these dudes that are that are our height, Mike, bruh. I mean. You know, we like Cameron. They like they, but this is not the first person they've released who we've liked who's done great business for them. You know, and it's just like if they get. And my thing is, if they can get rid of a Bronson Reed, they can get rid of you, especially they, on that because he was a big guy. If they can get rid of Alistair Black, they can get rid of yes. anybody. Malachi Black, yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, as far as I know, nobody's safe. Um, yes. but they listen. Hopefully, hoping the best for them. To me, honestly, I, I don't see an, anybody else in the in the. Uh, in a division right now, who is uh the like next challenger? Who's like if you are going to put a title, take a title away from Karen Cross, assuming uh, Karen Cross retains against someone with Joe. I still like that storyline too, by the yes. way. Yeah. Um, but uh, even if someone with Joe wins the title, I think he turns heel pretty quickly. I mean, he's yeah. just you know kind of a heel character. I think you know Cameron Grimes is your next big baby face champion whenever you pull that trigger. Um, I, I just don't see anybody else kind of getting the same support from the crowd right now that that right. approaches his. Um. Yeah, so uh, to me, that's a pretty good summary of everything relevant that happened on um, on NXT again. Hero and uh, and uh, uh, the guy on Death Fantasma, they're they're still having their issues. I think it's a little fifty fifty ish for my liking. I want to like the feud because I like everybody involved, but it's not going like it's still turning gears in my for me. But mostly, I have I have again, I have high hopes for them. Let's switch over to AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of the episode overall? Uh, what stood out to you from this episode? So I had to watch this episode back. I was I was out doing the comedy and everything like that. And I what I felt was I actually did enjoy the show. Um, like it was solid. It was fine to me. Um, so that was fine. I liked the fact that they were continuing certain things that they needed to continue uh, because I don't have to know everything. So. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're continuing Hangman and Kenny's involvement, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like, because I didn't necessarily see that coming. I'm happy that that's what happened. You know, um, uh, I like seeing, again, Christian Cage, anytime he's wrestling, I'm into that. Him versus the Blade, love the Blade. Uh, So it's like, I like that. That was a good piece of business. Um, I have great issue. And the one thing about uh, the, the thing that, you know, I know that is probably going to get the most heat, which it should. It deserves it with Jericho versus Hoovy. The thing that I think is so important and interesting 
is that people have to. I, from the outset, thought that match is a good idea for the reasons that I've listed on last week's episode. I stand by that. I stand by that reasoning because, like, yeah, the guy doesn't know. It's very important that you don't have your dudes eat, lose losses they don't need to eat, right? The only problem with that is I forgot who the fuck I was talking about who's going to be wrestling. That's the issue there. So I don't. So again, I'm watching it back and I'm just like, man, why is this this 40 mid 40s man who's who's gained a lot of muscle mass and this 50 something year old man who's gained mass (laughs) trying to like trying to fly around like it's 1998 again, which to be fair I did not need to see. No one needed to see that. That's that's the issue. We want to see you wrestling as older men. I, we don't want to see you wrestling as older men doing young guy stuff. That's not what we want to see. And they made the miscalculation of thinking we can still do that. Now, I think Hoovy can still do that with an athletic fit person. That's not who he was in the ring with. He was in the ring with Chris Jericho um, and with Jericho. Now, more than ever, because this these are the choices that he appears to have made, um, he he does not want to be in condition in the way that he needs to be. Uh, so that makes it very, very difficult. Uh, that was not a good match. Uh, the, I thought the finish was it's cool, aesthetically needless. Uh, but by that point, I had already disliked so much of it that I was like, oh, this is OK. That's what we're doing. All right. That's. That's fine. I do like how we're advancing certain things with um, Dan Lambert from American Top Team. Well, no, um, no, no, no. We're, 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 I'm sorry. I got I to follow Oh, you want to get your licks Come in. on. You know, listen, I, I was know. right. Did I not say the storyline was going to suck? No, you're you're actually, you're so far, you're incorrect. We had a bad match. But you're, but you're I, incorrect uh, so far. Well, I, I, I know. What I said was the storyline sucks because it does not help anyone. And I don't think it does. It hasn't really helped anyone. Some, somebody pointed out the, the person that helped so far the most was Nick, Nick Cage, who's not in your uh, roster. Because now he's gotten more exposure from it, which is great, I guess. Um, Chris Jericho is already one of your biggest superstars. He doesn't, and, and he, didn't, he doesn't need to wrestle week in, week out. That's the whole point of it. Well, I don't know why you built a whole storyline around a 50-year-old man wrestling when his best feature is as a promo. Furthermore, here's another thing. And we didn't, I didn't even bring it up last time. The last time that Inner Circle and the Pinnacle faced off each other, Inner Circle won. Mm-hmm. This was a, and in the moment that was supposed to be a launching pad for Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. Where is Sammy? He's not even featured on the show anymore. He's going to be completely buried and said, now we're focusing on the Squish Jericho storyline, who, again, as I said, does not need to be on TV more. He's already an established person. He certainly does not need to pick up wins for anything. And MJF is already your most hated heel. He's not doing anything to get more heat on him. He already has the most heat possible in the promotion. I just, to me, this whole storyline is just, it's, it's a filler with bad, predictable matches. I'll and and now, on top of it, again, you already showed, which we all knew that you don't care about Sean Spears. No, should you? No, should anyone mm-hmm. um, care about Sean mm-hmm. Spears? He can eat as many losses as possible. Mm-hmm. But now you're showing you don't care about Warlow either because he's about to lose a predictable match. Sure. So what I would say to that is, one, I would I would disagree that you're saying they're bad, predictable matches. You can't in good conscience say that that death match was a bad death match because that's what a death match looks like. <laughs> So that's just what, so you can't say that. Like, you just can't actually be like that. I can say I do not agree. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. But they've given you one definite not good one. They've definitely done that. That's fine. Um, But the thing about it is, and again, 
I think that you could have done the labors of Guevara and put Sammy in that position, right? You could have easily done that to build Sammy. They chose to go with Jericho because it's Jericho's idea in all likelihood, because now he wants to fight MJF as a face because they've already fought as a heel and it was just watching two bad guys cheat and it didn't really mean anything. Jericho was hoping, well, maybe now as a baby face, I can, you know, I can, you know, do the thing and, you know, get the ah, and I can get the hot comeback and everything like that. I still say that the, the labors four and five of, of, of Jericho should be him getting vaccinated in the fourth one because <laughs> we know he will not over. And then in the fifth one, again, admitting that there was no fix, uh, you know, the 2020 election that would actually make it the most compelling, you know, price storyline, all of professional wrestling. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it hurts Wardlow at all because we know Jericho can't beat him straight up. So there's going to be some chicanery in there, but yeah, you could have put Sammy in there and I think you could have gotten a bigger result that would have helped out Sammy long-term, but then it's like, wh what are we doing now? If Jericho beats MJF, that's interesting. It would seem that it would have to go this way, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to, right? There's a, there's a, there is a track record for the babyface doing everything they can to get over on the heel, and the heel just always staying oh one step ahead. And they booked MJF very, very well in this regard. He's, he's one of the. I mean, again, he's really probably the, one of the more actual hated heels in all of pro wrestling in a very legitimate way. But Cody hasn't gotten his win back against him. Like the only only a few people have beat him straight, like Moxley being one. And MJF has the out to say, well, he cheated. That move was banned during the match. So it's like if we're if we were going to get there just for Sammy to lose to MJF, I'd be like, OK, well, that's not really helpful. But it could be argued. Maybe it is high profile match, whatever. But they already did that barn burner of a match. With Jericho, we're going to see how it goes, but that's where they want to go. And we are not going to act like, and I'm not going to act like MJF isn't learning a whole lot and getting plenty of mic time uh, in this situation, which is only then making him a better performer overall. Like, I just won't act like that ain't happening. Absolutely. Um, Listen, you replace, you replace uh, Sammy or Jericho with Sammy in this storyline. I'm all for it. Because now, again, like I said, you're helping establish star. I think Sammy is somebody who is obviously somebody they packed to be the future, kind of fell behind a little bit of that first, you know, uh, superstars that create young superstars that they created, right? Right. A little bit behind MGF, Darby Allen, uh, Orange Cassidy. So this is a good way to kind of bring him back up, you know, to, to their, their star level and maybe position them for something better. And again, and so far, it, it seems like both in the in the action of hey i won my revenge on mgf well your team just won and you disregarding that so now you made that main event of the pay-per-view seem less uh significant well, yeah, well because it's a personal thing he can't beat MGF, he can't beat mjf so i understand from the faction perspective you would have that with the horsemen and whatever ragtag team they could get up at the time even if the horsemen took an l and ate a loss did you beat flair or did you beat tully or did you beat barry because they were also single champions, single champions as well. So it's like, okay, well, since our group beat your group, you know, I should get a tie, I should get a shot at you and, and all this other stuff. There's historical precedent for it, but I definitely understand the fact, okay, well, then if you put Sammy in there, it's much more enjoyable. In all likelihood, it, it, it would be because Sammy can move. So it's like it would, it already, you know, becomes better from there. But then we also had uh, God's favorite champion, Miro, the Redeemer. Versa uh, big shoddy Lee Johnson for the for the TNT title. Um, I like I like Lee Johnson a whole lot. He's incredibly athletic, very young, um, does a little bit too much of the flipping for me. And he's almost broken himself on a few occasions. So it's like you're athletic enough to do it. That doesn't mean you should. 
because he's very athletic and very young. And some of the moves I've seen him do, I no one else has done. And I've seen him land on his head. So it's like I, I would like to, you know, he's a he's a very athletic, young, good looking guy. Uh, you want him to stick around for a while. But I, I thought, you know, I thought him and Miro had a good little scrap and Miro, you know, they were it was good. I like I liked it because, you know, of what it was. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I thought that was good for what it was a good little style clash. Um, some of Miro's selling was just uh, I actually liked it. I like when he um, he got DDT, got back up, and then started feeling woozy. I, again, mm-hmm. Miro is very underrated seller, I think, yes. very unique in some cases. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, again, kind of a, a very you know somewhat standard. You know, uh, heels mm-hmm. kills babyface, babyface makes a firing comeback, or ultimately he you know uh, babyface wins in the end. Ultimately, super kicks for me. Yeah, I think he did mm-hmm. like five super kicks in a row, but. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you know? So, but it, it's fine. Not the one in the Like I said, I think it was a good showcase for Lee Johnson, guy who I kind of again one of the guys who hasn't been showcased too much. I you know sometimes forget he's there, but he is again a, a talented, a good hand to have, and I think it's, it was a good showcase match for him and a good reminder that uh, Miro is just uh, incredible as a as your champion. He's a beast, and we did also have uh, we had an NWA Women's World Title Eliminator. We had the Bunny versus Legit Layla Hirsch. Um, that was a that was a good little scrap. I mean, both of Layla, they're both pretty green. Layla's pretty green. Um, but you know, Layla picks up the win, so she'll be facing Camille at some point for the NWA Women's World Championship, which I think is I I mean, I think both Camille and Layla Hirsch have a huge upside. Um, because they're both pretty new and pretty green in the business. Uh, I hope they can tell a really good match and it doesn't have to go 12 minutes. No, they hope it will not. I do think they have some women on talent or on the on the roster for a little less. At least one of them could have been in the match to make it, you know, kind of uh, help out. I don't know what happened. What did happen to? Um, I'm sorry, I'm again bad with names. We'll add this in post. Uh, the the previous champion, Serena Deep. She's hurt. No, so, no, not Serena Deep. Not Serena Deep. Uh, the 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 baby. Under that, Rosa. Uh, no, the the DMD beat. She be her Hirodo, I believe. Oh, oh yeah, Hikaru Shida. So Hikaru it Shida, seems sorry. like, yeah, it her. seems like with her, they are, because I've been watching some of her matches. She's been getting cockier. So it seems like a slow build towards a heel turn mm, is okay. happening. So maybe they're trying to course correct in that regard. You know, you guys, you guys let us know what you think. To me, I think they're trying to do this weird thing where they're trying to position, Bro- you know, uh, Brit as a face now, eventually, somehow. And then Hikaru comes back as sort of the, the heel, but then it becomes like the weird foreign heel dynamic, which I hope they stay away from. But um, if they want to do something interesting with Brit, you know, people got to turn on her. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like that's just sort of going to be what it is. But, yeah, I, th- I think that's what they're doing uh, in that regard to build her back up as opposed to immediately going into a rematch. Because with that match and with a being the former champion, she can always come back and say, I, I need to rematch. You know, it's just she hasn't chosen to yet. Yeah, no, I, uh, but yeah, I, I would just, maybe, I, again, I, you have a big enough roster and you don't showcase as often. You could have put somebody who's maybe less green in there as, as one of the opponents to kind of make Leo look a little bit better. The match was, as you said, they're both, I like them both, but they're both a little green. The match was a little sloppy for me. But the main event, and again, one thing I will never complain about, the main events and on Dynamite, uh, I think they always deliver. And this one, this was a good piece of business, man. Malachi Black, squashes Cody Rhodes and you know if I if I wanted to nitpick I could I could say oh well this is just the same thing 
that bro you lead it you already run this i don't care man it's that not it's, awesome. it was awesome know, it, it, it yeah was, it, was it, was, it was it was it was awesome and it actually wasn't it went it went it went way shorter i mean like brody lee versus cody that was rocky three you know what i'm saying and this was like just this malachi just beating this man and squashing him and not doing a lot like brody kind of beat cody up pillar to post malachi ain't had to do that you know what i'm saying and then he put the black mass on him knocks him right out the one foot hey i mean listen brody did a standard pin he's then hooked the leg malachi hits you with that black mass you know and put the one foot on it and the thing and here's what i really appreciated and really liked one because again i want to say to some of you viewers who have been hard on cody you need to watch your mouth like, like this guy whatever he books himself in it's always good it's always good and he knows when to do business like he, i mean you know he knows when to do business he's like yeah no this guy's gonna go over big and they they generally do um one thing i really liked about this was in the post he started you know talking and i was like why is this man talking <laughs> and the man started talking about everything else the man started flapping his gums he was like you know i fired them they didn't fire me came over here I appreciate y'all so much after he had just got in his whole face knocked off and he was going, he started to put his, his boots in the ring, the symbolic gesture and Malachi black comes in with some crutches and lays him out again because motherfucker, I'm going to beat you again for trying to talk after what I just did to you. If you don't lay on the floor and stay laid after what I did to you, which is perfect. Because it's like, boy, don't you dare after the beating I put on you, you want to talk about some saying words. No, I'm going to lay you out again. I loved it. I and loved also, it. Look, look, he's still getting cheered. But they need mm -hmm. to get getting heat, getting booed. This, he's a goddamn bastard. I don't care how cool he is. I yep. think you always keep getting cheered because he's just, he's a he's cool, just cool dude. Yeah, he is cool, cool, man. But, uh, which explains why WWE didn't get him. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> but, um, Triple yeah, H, 14-time champion. Mm. Say, um, but yeah, man, I think uh, he... He is somebody who, again, I think he looks like a superstar, and I don't see how long. I mean, I think we will get, we might be getting Kenny Omega versus uh Malachi Black sooner than than we expect, man. I know they're both bad guys, but it, you can't book somebody that strong and not and keep them away from the the main keep event away from belts, especially yeah. yeah when you when you have like sports rankings and you know records and all that. Um, so we will see. Yeah, uh, they, I think I think this is why they really have to start start getting serious with the FTW title. You know what I'm saying? Like they really have to start getting serious about what they want that title to be. I think Ricky Starks helps with that. Again, there are health issues around Ricky. So it's like, you know, their health concerns rather, and we're not in the know. So whatever, but I think they really have to start to get serious about that because you have, you have stars and they have to represent something. Not everybody needs to be champion, right? That's fine, but you can't keep, you know, you got to, you got Malachi there. It's going to be like, okay, he can't engage in too much dark mysticism. He's going to go after something, you know. As far as, like, again, good main event, uh, you know, it squashes with a, a good angle afterwards, I thought SmackDown did the same thing just as well, man. I thought Finn Balor squashing ba uh, Baron Corbin in under mm -hmm. three minutes. Uh, and then a little bit, uh, piece of business they did with uh, with Roman and uh, mm -hmm. and and then his promo he got afterwards. I think you know we were all worried when when Finn came back smiling the first week he was back on SmackDown. He put that to rest. Yep. You know we getting we getting the the Finn that from NXT that we all really liked that you know the the second NXT title run. Um, and again, you still have Roman looking dominant, but 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 with the only with the help 
of uh, of uh, the bloodline. Of the bro, yeah. yeah. Beforehand. Yeah, so you can't. Finn look good. You made Roman look good. I think eventually they're going to clash, and that's going to be awesome. And we have a tremendous rematch set. You know, now I know I see how seamlessly we transition to the SmackDown. We have the rematch set: Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks at SummerSlam, uh, which uh, I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think, I mean, again, for my money, character-wise, in terms of the women's division, and maybe arguably in all of WWE, you know, you can't really put anyone over Sasha Banks. Um, you, they can be at the same level, but look at what Sasha does with so much less. Everyone and everyone listening is probably like, <laughs> but Roman, the whole show is dedicated to Roman. And and that's different. She doesn't have the whole show. She's got the time that she has. And uh, Sasha has always been so excellent at maximizing her minutes and turning sometimes chicken shit into chicken salad, which she's she's been able to do remarkably through uh, her run uh, almost uh, and in many instances uh, in spite of the company. I am more excited for this match now than when I was for the rest of the match. I think mm-hmm. because Bianca has gone just I mean, Sasha has been great. But yep. I think now you have it more established as who is the heel and who is the baby face. And also yep. Bianca is just has filled in that role as a baby face, dominant baby face champ so well. Mm-hmm. If my one of my few criticisms from SmackDown this week was the fact that it took her too long to beat Zelina Vega, and it just I'm sorry, it was not believable. Um yeah. I she squash. She, she's like twice her size, and I don't, you know, no respect to Selena. I have yet to see a lot of people like her in the in the ring. I, I think she's a smooth worker, but a lot of her offense just doesn't look believable to me. Again, this is my, maybe it's my issue. Um, but uh, besides that, I think Bianca is, I think he's, she's an incredible champion. I do think this is one of those events, um, on the card where you have so many part-timers and all the performers, you know, kind of going at it to see these two young superstars, uh, who are, you know, who have potential to, to carry your company eventually. Um, you know, Sasha has, a, it already is arguably, right? Like, I mean, there are people who we have seen her when she comes on TV, the ratings increase. We've seen it from last year as well. Um, so it is it is very reassuring at least about WWE's future that they at least have you know two young superstars both of them can, can, both of whom can carry the company on uh in the championship match on SummerSlam um yeah yeah Bianca someone you build the division around as is Sasha I think they've made the mistake before of not really capitalizing on Sasha they finally did um you know, Bianca, I'm not Bianca, but, you know, Bailey also included in that just like amazing work that they've been putting together in there. And yeah, they got you got two young people you can build it around. Also, you got two very young, charismatic, uh, talented women of color. Uh, maximize your time with them while you have them, because I'm telling you right now, Sasha Banks is not long for this wrestling world if she don't want to be. Uh, she is again. She knew her value when WWE did not. And it was when she went out there and got the money by herself, when she got the TV deal by herself, that all of a sudden Vince was like, oh, she's a star. Of course, she's a star. What's your problem? So, two more performers who need very little have done a great job. And SmackDown is just chucked full of them. Um, is uh, Seth Rollins and Edge. I'm yep. I'm so old. All they needed was a promo, and um, dude, ah, they're so fucking good, man. Yep. Dude, the way Edge, the the, the and, and Seth, Seth actually in that in that particular mm-hmm. promo, the way he switched from being like dominant, kind of you know, uh, shitty eating to like annoyed. Hey, you watch it. Watch your mouth. Watch yeah. it. Don't you say it. Yeah. You don't get to spin the narrative. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, to me, honestly, in all of wrestling, he's my favorite promo at the moment, and I know that might be 
controversial or whatever. And maybe I'm just a fan because I've always been a fan. Of You've Seth always Rollins. been a Seth Rollins fan. When That's he was fair. out here, when he was out here breaking people's necks, you were forgiving him. So your I love affair for Seth Rollins knows no bounds. It is so true. It is very we true. know we know this. When he was out here breaking people's noses, breaking their necks, uh, uh, ending careers, shortening careers, being one of the more unsafe workers on the top, you had an affinity for Seth Rollins that just knew no bounds. This is no different. Um, yeah, Seth has is 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 thing back is thing no he's not no he's not I don't I don't count that I don't count that I do not count that I don't count that I don't count that I don't count that okay so you can okay wait so you okay you know what you're right you can break someone's neck and it's fine you're right I'm tripping my apologies I'm wrong okay but no I think they're very good I think again anyone that Seth is very good he's gotten better especially as a promo. Cause he understands his character. He understands sort of who he has a better understanding of who he is. Um, and as you get older, hopefully your promo skills improve, especially when you're given time to cut a promo and the company has some trust in you to maybe give you wiggle room to talk uh, as yourself, as opposed to talking as they want you to talk. And then, you know, um, and also when you're in there with edge cutting a promo, you either going to rise to the occasion or you will sink. So, you know, cause he's that good. Um, so Seth is rising to the occasion with the guy who, you know, to me, like I said before about edge, he's WWE's Ric Flair. So, you know, well, not, he has to be now that Ric Flair has also gotten released. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Ric Flair, uh, yeah, Ric Flair asked for it. Um, that's true, that's, so, true, that's true. So you also have Jay, you have the Mysterio Uso dynamic continuing, which I actually like. I enjoy. I think, I think, I think Ray gonna turn heel on his son at some point. I think Dominic is gonna turn heel on his son. Okay, we'll oh, you think Dom- yeah, yeah. they're doing something good here. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing that, and it's it's a slow burn. So mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, of course, you had, and again, I mean, just say to say it, Montez Ford and Dolph Ziggler. Put on just two great workers and athletes putting on just a solid, solid thing. Montez, just such an incredible athlete and uh, and a performer and, you know, got the win with the frog splash. I will never not be interested in seeing those two work against one another because it's just like, I mean, people forget Dolph 41 years old and doesn't move like it, doesn't look like it. The man is never he's rarely ever hurt. And, uh, you know, always shows up to work. So uh, shouts to, to him and to Montez for just being you know, a beast in his own right. Yeah, Montez is 31, 31. Yep. So that's, again, I mean, I thought he was young, but that's still, in wrestling terms, that's pretty young. Oh, he's man. young. He's, he's a, no, he's a, yeah. In, he's in wrestling, him. yeah, in wrestling, he's a young man. Like, let's, yeah. he's a, I mean, like, you know, I think Sting he's was in his first title. Yeah, uh, yeah, Montez is a future suit. So you can do a lot with with him and Dawkins, just in different ways. But yeah, Montez is, is something special. I mean, so in, you never you know, know nowadays, but man, I hope that, that like I said, if, if W doesn't fumble him, I mean, he he has to be your world champ contender at least at some point, man. Yeah, they can fumble that. Uh, they can fumble that very easily. We also have we also have Shinsuke and, and Apollo continuing on with their with their saga, which I uh, which I believe will culminate in a match at SummerSlam. Which hey, I ain't mad at it because this is a. Uh, this is a this is a, a motivated Shinsuke again because they're actually giving him something, and Apollo's having his best run. Um, so I can't see that not being an enjoyable match to have and and, and to watch. I hope so, before I mean Apollo needs he hasn't gotten a clean win in a minute, so I, I would like again he's like a squash match or something on the next SmackDown, and then you kind of you refocus on Shinsuke uh, just to get my interest more into it because right. I'm not like it doesn't really mean as much as it could. Right. Um, Hey, it, it took a brief second, but man, again, Biggie is just, you know, you talk somebody about, about somebody maximizing your minutes. 
smiling like a creep when Paul Heyman and just and just doing the weird laugh. I'm like, all right, he's the world champion and he's terrifying. And that's all I needed to remind. Thank you. Yep. I, and again, yeah, E, you, I mean, again, you build it around E. This is why when people are always going to, he could take it from Bobby. I'm like, that would be the wrong move. <laughs> you take it, you take it from Roman because that's how you elevate yourself. That's how you make your next really top baby face in that position. Now, there's not a bad option per se, but there is the more correct one. And the more correct one is taking it from Roman. Uh, if you take it from Bobby, you're kind of, to me in a way, especially if you're trying to build some guy who they all talk about having this tremendous upside and he's the future and da, 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 da. If they were to do that, they, I mean, to me, that's just being half pregnant, you know, as opposed to him cashing in on Roman and beating Roman, that's carrying the pregnancy to term, you know, and then, and letting this thing actually happen in, in the way that it should. Um, and the last and the least we have WWE Raw, anything you want to talk about? Um. I, I could, I, I just don't feel like I think where we went long. At one point or another, I, wanna, I do want to do a deep dive on everything they're getting wrong with the Nikki Ash Charlotte story. Like, they just, I mean, she got a win over her, but like, it, I feel like you, instead of doing a proper build, because uh, you have, this is a classic story, right? You have like a, a baby face who found himself in a position where they're not ready, right? Like, it's, it's the same thing that like Harry Potter, right? You know, he's, the, he's somebody who has all these powers and responsibilities. He has to grow into them eventually and step up to his occasion, right? And it's a slow story told yeah. over a long time. That's what you have with Nikki Ash. And what she should have happened was she loses to Charlotte. Boom. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with it per se. What you do, you give her a mentor. You give her an like, attitude change. You have somebody coach her, blah, blah, boom. You build her up, and then you can do it over a couple months. In my story, you have her eventually lose to Charlotte. I know you hate it. Then take a month off come back, win the Royal Rumble, face Charlotte for the title again at WrestleMania, beat her clean in the ring, because that's how it has to end. That story has to, you know, work has to end that way with her winning clean in the ring. You don't have to do it this way. That's just how I would have done it. Right. You could have just done, you know, done it like, hey, she lost uh, last week on Raw, gets Holly Molly or Hurricane Helms to come in to become her mentor. Right. You do it over the next few weeks. You know, hey, you know, look what she does. She can cheat. She doesn't care. You have to be kind of, you know, get tougher yourself. Next pay-per-view, you know, she wins. Like, you, you can tell that story. Instead, she just picks up a half-assed win where we all know Charlotte could have won, but then really, because she's a cocky heel who... You, you did nothing to kind of make her look any stronger. It, it, it was... It, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of anything. I mean, I, again, again, Raw is micromanaged by someone who shouldn't be writing for wrestling anymore. It can be argued. So you're going to have issues with that. I mean... I am. I, I'm still liking the Damian Priest build towards the U.S. title. Um, so I'm, I'm liking how that is going. Uh, the Drew McIntyre gender stuff is solid to me. It's fine. It's progressing how it needs to progress. Uh, Drew and Drew. And again, shout out to Drew for getting a sword over. Like, yeah. I mean, just shout out, shout out to the man. Sword is over. So not, and, not and, and, talking about Drew threatening to stab a man. Yeah. And, that, yeah well, you guys, we, you guys we, did not talk that that happened. We love it. And it's because we, we were a lot of us were concerned that the overexposure would kind of hurt Drew going back in the live audiences. Now he's over. We love him. So that's good to see. And also taking him away from the title sort of helped in that regard. So that's a good thing. Uh, but, you know, again, the carrying cross, Keith Lee, I mean, that's just a mess. Um, that whole they're both 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 those guys and their their run on them. It's just a mess. It's just bad. Um, and and they and they don't want to fix it. It's it's very unfortunate for those two 
Um, but they're going to make the most out of it, I am sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's about what we know from Raw. Uh, two Maybe more. Two, there's just two more guys. Uh, one Riddle is, I think, was the most over person. I think on the entire show that the pop he got was huge. Um, very happy to see that. As somebody who has been a fan of him, they definitely again somebody they a success story from NXT, if you will. Um, and also, I'm enjoying what they're doing with Mansoor and uh, Mustafa Ali. Another yeah. uh, odd couple storyline, but but, I think but, it, but can I say? Can I say mm-hmm. the 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 bad booking? Sorry to cut you off. Just had to do it. The WWE is so bad about this. If you're in the home, t- if you're in your hometown, you know you're getting buried. It's oh, yeah. so pathetic. It's such it's the dumbest thought process I've ever seen in my entire life. They have it backwards every time. It's a weird way of punishing the fans. It's a weird way of even punishing the performer from being from where they're from. And it's like, oh, you're in you're in a it's going to make you more over. It's like that doesn't make any sense. So once again, they do this dumb thing, uh, you know, where now while I do like the the Monsoor Mustafa Ali thing. I like it, but now they're engaged in a 50-50 feud with Mason T-Bar going towards where? You know, like so nowhere in, in my view. So I think that's just a real, a real waste of a moment. And it's like, let's kill Ali and let's kill some momentum for this feud and Ali's home city. So we don't have to actually pay attention to how over this guy could actually be, even though we've seen it in years past and unfortunately got hurt, and that sort of derailed things. So I like I like what they're doing, but I think that that calls it, it just it's so indicative of them and they love to do it. They just love to do it. And it stinks every single time. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think you have a good point. Um, I think they could have picked up a win. And then, you know, because they were, obviously they want to get that moment where Mustafa saves Mansoor. But you could have gotten it afterwards. Like they pick up a win. Mason T-Bar attack. He saves him, takes the chokes. And like you could have booked it better. I agree with you 100 percent. Uh, let's get to some other stuff. I know you want to get to. Um, we have a new NWA TV champion. Yes, we have a new NWA World's Television champion. His name is Tyrus, formerly, um, uh, you know, he was with the Funkadactyls, the Funkasaurus. Uh, I don't remember the name at the moment because the name was stupid. Uh, was a great Ty- dumb name. I'm looking Ty- up. <laughs> Tyrus. Uh, Tyrus is also not a great name, but it is his name. He defeated the Pope. Brothers Clay. Brodus Clay, he defeated the Pope, uh, Elijah Burke. Now, that had real world title implications because the Pope had held the title for 290 days. He had made six successful title defenses. And when you are world television champion, if you make seven success, successful consecutive, consecutive, like meaning you win by pinfall or submission defenses of the title, then you get a shot at the NWA World's uh, Heavyweight Championship. He was unable to do that. So now Tyrus has the title. Now Tyrus goes forward with his seven or his attempted seven defenses of the title. And then we will see what happens from there. A lot of outside interference. Austin Idol basically costing the Pope the match. But, you know, that's where we are with that. Uh, Also, uh, another big piece of news and business, uh, the passing of beautiful Bobby Eaton, uh, the age of uh, 62. I believe it was 62, 63. Uh, Bobby Eaton was one of those interesting characters I watched growing up who was just always really, really good. He was just, it was, he was, and he didn't look it. Like physically, he didn't look it, but the guy could fly. His moves were innovative. I thought he had, my thing that always drew me to Bobby Eaton, especially during his midnight, uh, the you know, the Midnight Express run, they just had some of the coolest entrance music to me. It was just really, really cool entrance music. Um, and uh, Bobby was just a tremendous revolutionary worker. Also, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that just naturally got it. And everyone talked about how just naturally good he was. 
And Steve Austin would like one of the funniest things people would talk about who are some of his best. And he was like, oh, you know, Sean Steamboat. He's like, but also like Bobby, like, but Bobby just got it. So instinctively he would corner Bobby and say, hey, man, what made you think to do that? Like, that was amazing. That made so much sense. And Bobby would just be like, I don't know. I just thought to do it, <laughs> you know? So he was just one of those guys that would, you know, if you ever know someone who just does an art form or a sport and they're just naturally, of course they work hard, but they're just naturally so good at it. And it's like, how did you even think to do that? And it's like, I have no idea. Like that's apparently what Bobby was. So he had been dealing with some health issues for, for some time. Uh, so his passing is very, very unfortunate. The fortunate thing for you guys is that there's plenty of Bobby Eaton footage. There's plenty of midnight express footage on YouTube that you can and should check out. Uh, so that's very, very important. Uh, also on a more somber note, cause I don't want to, I don't want us to continue to not address it, but we don't have all the information because that may not be information for us to have the allegations against Darby Allen. Uh, I think it's important that we state that, Hey, that type of stuff is very serious. You know, when Riddle had a, a, like an accusation, get they're very serious. And we didn't get to know the full story. That thing played itself out the way it played itself out. And so we don't want to ignore it. We, what we do want to say is we don't know everything. There's just information that we don't have that we are not privy to. But it's pretty clear that this thing for Darby Allen is not going away. And, and it has implications of being very serious. Oh, I'll edit it. Um yeah, I don't have too much to add to that situation. Like you said, we don't we don't know the facts. We don't, you know. And I would actually recommend you know people do what they never do and actually wait, hold on, don't you know, don't comment yet because you don't know the full details. And we don't, um, you know, the situation. Um, just remember that when when discussing the situation. Um, yeah, Bobby Eaton. Uh, I would you know haven't had a chance to watch too much of him just because again I got into wrestling a little bit later than you did, but. I, I'm obviously, you know, student of the game to watch some old matches. Uh, bunch of them. Uh, I think rock, rock and Roll and uh, and Midnight Express is one of the one of the best tag team feuds of all time. And the uh, fan- and Midnight Express is fantastic. Best time, really, you know, because especially because yeah, at the time, I mean, you had Steiner Brothers who were doing some other stuff, and of course, you had the Heart Foundation that was really cool. But uh, just how quick the tagging was in and out in those matches, how smooth they were. Uh, that was just like some different tag team wrestling that nobody, at least in the US, was doing at the time. Um, besides that, I think he, he and he also had a, a very cool uh, little solo run as a, yes, as a U.S. champ and uh, and uh, w- world w- television champ. Yeah, he got the world television title from Arn Anderson, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. very again, and a very uh, you know, a meeting of two very like just natural, fundamental, you know, uh, great workers. Um, so obviously, you know, just want to give a say a rest in peace to beautiful Bobby Eden. Um, with that in mind, so I tell you, I think we ought to give people our match of the week and then to uh, get on out of here. Yes. So in commemoration of beautiful Bobby Eaton, I do have a match that uh, my match of the week is actually from Slamboree, WCW Slamboree 1993 that you can check out on the network on Peacock. It is beautiful Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit teaming up against Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio. This match is very important to me for a couple of reasons because it was my second time ever seeing Two Cold Scorpio, who was a revolutionary American high flyer um, from Denver, Colorado. He is a living legend. I had never seen him. I, the first time I ever saw Two Cold was the first time I ever saw Chris Benoit because they had a match at the Super Bowl of that year and tore the house down. 
this was a tag match. A lot of people don't know that beautiful Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit tagged for a time, and they did before Chris left to go to Japan. They were a very, very good tag team. Marcus Alexander, Alexander Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio, also a very good tag team. A very briefly held the world tag team titles. I think this was a great, tremendous, tremendous match. Um, great selling from everyone. Great selling from Marcus Bagwell, which he did not get credit for in his later years. But as a, as a prospect, he was a very, very good worker. Uh, it's a fun, fun match. It, it opens the show, I believe. And I remember watching it as a kid, just being like enthralled. All right. It's, I think it's an excellent uh, recommendation. I will check it out myself. I never realized that uh, Bob Eaton and Chris Benoit actually tagged with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, my match is, again, a little bit more recent, but we'll to talk about NXT and you know possibly dying. I recommend a match. It's not my favorite NXT match, but this, I think, if you if pressed, people will say it's the, the definitive NXT match. It is the first meeting between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, just an incredibly built story. I think they're, uh, they technically it was, uh, they have four matches, but uh, the, the first three, the trilogy is just excellently built and told and uh, with all the twists and the turns and role reversals and then the callbacks from the previous matches and the callbacks from when they were a tag team uh, coming up. It's again, one of the best told stories in all of wrestling and quite frankly, one of the best feuds of the decade. Probably, I would say the feud of the decade, if not for Tanahashi Okada in the business they did. Um, but this was the beginning of it, arguably the best match between them at NXT TakeOver. Um, just, again, overall an incredible, incredible match. Uh, a brutal match, but, you know, between two of the best workers and also two of the best friends. Um, yeah, just no, no further uh, back, background news. If you haven't seen it, then please make sure you do. Can't agree more. Gonna be fantastic, fantastic match. And on that note, uh, John Cena's Instagram is still mostly about uh, Suicide Squad. So, Tori, you plan on watching Suicide Squad? I have watched the Suicide Squad, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was insane and hilarious. Um, not all movies have to be like Marvel, that's all I'll say. I liked it a lot. Hey, well, listen, there, ladies and gentlemen, you got our match of the week, go watch them, then go watch Suicide Squad. And then I'll be back here next week. Peace. Dope.